the first question is, um, what have you, and that is Dr. Andrew Wild, done for your brain today? Uh, you mean this very day? Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. I got a good night's sleep. I uh, have not smoked and haven't all my life. I've taken my dogs for a long walk and got my cardiorespiratory function up, and I'll go for a swim later. I had some salmon for breakfast for my omega-3s, and um, I have been uh, doing some desk work, um, So, I'd, and I've done my breathing exercises. And that is probably 2,000% more, which is actually not a thing, more than the average person uh, will ever do an entire day. So kudos and good for you. And I've also, um, I've also taken a supplement of turmeric and uh, of uh, various uh, some mixed mushroom supplements that include lion's mane, which I think is good ah, for brain health. Aha. And in fact, we're going to get into that a little bit later, if you don't mind. Um, uh, sure. And one other thing, I had a bowl of matcha green tea. Love it. In fact, I know this about you. You start this on a, on a daily basis, don't you? I do. Yeah, matcha green tea. And most people really aren't taking the right matcha. I mean, and tell us maybe where we can get the right stuff. Okay, the problem is that matcha is very finely powdered, so it has a huge surface area. And if it's exposed to air and light and heat, it oxidizes very quickly, loses its bright green color, flavor, and aroma, and probably some of its health properties. And most matcha I see in North America has not been properly stored. It's, uh, you know, an olive green, sometimes even a yellow green or brownish green, often tastes bitter. Um, I think many people here have never tasted really good matcha. So I started a, uh, a company, uh, I got the URL matcha.com, and I made arrangements with a matcha producer uh, in Uji, UJI, near Kyoto, which is the main... Yeah best tea producing region and uh, we are bringing in and we have various uh, products but it's it's all really superior matcha and uh, putting out a lot of information about how to use it so the url is matcha.com perfect beautiful yeah i had the uh, opportunity to um, drink that very stuff in japan and then while i was studying with some buddhist monks at the base of mount shigisan uh, that's you know uh -huh. that, that's what you that's what we would drink you know five days i did a yep. uh, danjiki fast and that's all we would drink and, and and i'll tell you i felt i felt quite enlightened so so maybe maybe <laughs> even part maybe part scientific part ethereal question for you do you think the mind and the brain are one and the same um no i think that uh i think all of the Let's see, how should I put this? I think all of the brain is concerned with the mind, but not all of the mind is in the brain. Mm hmm Oh, that's, that's very deep. Um, so, you know, appreciating your you know, history uh, and your uh, deep interest in the mind-brain connection, and I'm, and I'm sure you'd agree that mm -hmm. stress is North America's number one silent killer, uh, contributing to heart disease, diabetes, cancer, et cetera. But, but what impact, and this is really the question uh, in terms of that separation of brain and mind, what impact is chronic stress having on our brain, particularly in our overall mental well-being? Here is one uh, very sobering fact. Uh, cortisol, the main stress hormone, is directly toxic to neurons. Right. And then so, in your opinion, what would we do uh, on a daily basis to manage that cortisol level? Well, I think there's many possibilities, you know, whatever suits you. My personal favorite are, are breathing techniques, especially the 478 breath that I teach because it's so time and costs nothing, time efficient, uses no equipment. 
really literally takes two minutes a day, and I think the effects are very dramatic. Absolutely, and everyone can do it, and it's uh, and it's free, uh, as air is free. So, you know, this is I don't want to get into the study of nomenclature or semantics, but why is it, in your opinion, um, and thank goodness we're sort of away from you know alternative medicine. You're known as the guru of alternative medicine, yes, right. but but how can we? Right. Well, that's it. How can we, um, you know, sort of reterm what it is that you do, not alternative, perhaps not even complementary alternative, uh, but more integrative and functional? How, how can we sort of uh, uh, have people understand that this is not anti-medicine, but more integrative, uh, you know, on all fronts that seem evidence-based? Well, I like the word integrative because it suggests inclusivity and it works, you know, the, the aim is to expand the paradigm of conventional medicine and make it more uh, effective and cost-effective by focusing on prevention and health promotion, especially through attention to lifestyle issues, uh, by looking at the whole person, not just the physical body, and then by making use of all therapies that uh, show that are not going to cause harm and show reasonable evidence of efficacy, no matter where they come from. So, when you say harm, is the, bio, the, the uh, biomedical model of managing mental health becoming obsolete? Maybe even on its way out as it relates to sort of chemical I medicine? I hope so. I think it is it is it is extremely limited in its effectiveness, and it depends entirely on medication, and sees all disturbances of uh, mind and emotion as being. The, the effect of disturbances of brain biochemistry, I think that's a very limiting paradigm. Are there some useful drugs? Well, you know, I think that uh, we can manage uh, ma bipolar disorder. I think that drugs are sometimes necessary for that. I think the antidepressants are much less effective than their manufacturers would have us believe. Yeah. The anti-anxiety drugs, I think, are a disaster, and I see almost no reason ever to take them. Um, so, you know, I think, I think these medications, the, the efficacy is greatly exaggerated and the danger is greatly downplayed and they're being far too widely prescribed. And epidemiologically, from what you know, um, what are we observing in terms of the nations that, in fact, have the lowest incidence of depression, perhaps bipolar, schizophrenia, anything that afflicts us um, in, in globally, mentally? Well, Iceland has the lowest rate of depression. I think that correlates with very high uh, blood levels of omega-3 fatty acids. Right. Um, I think that the countries that are, you know, often the Scandinavian countries are rated as being high on the happiness scale. I think a lot of that has to do with um, community and, uh, uh, you know, a social, uh, social networks and taking care of people. Um, I think we're we're in not great shape here, and one of the things that most alarms me is the rate of giving psychiatric drugs to kids. I think we have no idea what the long-term effects are on the developing brain, so right. we're doing a vast experiment with our nation's kids. Absolutely, and, and talking about the developing brain and in context of, of uh, neuroplasticity, of course, we've come to learn about neurogenesis. Does the evidence, I think I know what you'd answer, but does the evidence support that we can actually evolve a healthier brain by what we eat, supplement, and, of course, how we think? I would say definitely. And one, just looking at one issue, uh, I, I think that a lot of the neurodegenerative uh, processes in the brain begin as inflammation. So yep. controlling inflammation is certainly one strategy. Another is I think there's accumulating evidence of environmental causation of things like Parkinson's and ALS, 
and possibly there's an element of that in uh, Alzheimer's as well. Uh, but I, I would bet money that uh, Parkinson's and ALS will turn out to be due to toxic injury. So yep. I think protecting ourselves from environmental toxins is crucial. Absolutely. So I know it's so hard to say, you know, there's one, uh, but if there was a favorite brain healthy food for you, what would that be? Well, I guess I would say, uh, you know, we've, there's an old saying that fish is a brain food. And I think that's true, especially oily fish that are sources of um, EPA and DHA. Okay, great. And then how much would you recommend on a, a weekly basis for folks out there? You know, I would say something like uh, three to five servings a week. Okay, that's 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 a lot, and that's what we should be aiming for. I fully agree. And how about spices on your radar? What healthy spices should folks know about, and um, and, and 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 what should they be consuming that way? Well, certainly turmeric and ginger for their anti-inflammatory effects. Uh, cinnamon for its blood sugar lowering effects. But you know, many of these. Uh, Spices and herbs have unique uh, phytoprotective compounds in them. So I think the bottom line is we should be eating a variety of herbs and spices, uh, just as we should be eating a variety of, um, of, of vegetables and fruits. Food for thought. So I just recently ate at your restaurant, True Food Kitchen in Newport. Wonderful place. Um, the reality is food can be very healthy, quick, and very reasonably priced. I had the... Uh, uh, Tuscan kale and uh, the grilled salmon with beets. Um, so kudos on that because, you know, most folks think, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's boring, uh, it's uh, inconvenient and uh, tasteless or, t- you know, tastes less good than, than fast food. Um, uh, what, what is your thoughts on uh, this burgeoning area, uh, maybe the last decade or so, of neutral picks? Are these useful? Uh, is there good evidence behind some of them? Of what? Uh, Neutropic uh, supplements. Health, brain health. So, well, what are you thinking of? Anything from uh, you know vinpositine to um, you know uh, lion's mane. You mentioned that earlier. Perhaps anything, any any particular supplement ingredient that might have the uh, benefit of focus, concentration, alertness, more brain energy or activity, or or is this just a quick fix for a lot of folks that have underlying or more deep seated issues as it relates to? Well, I would say, you know, for many of these things, there's the, the evidence base for them is not very strong. Right. You know, probably not harmful, but um, questionable efficacy, and some of them are costly. I would say that, you know, you look at things like L-theanine, I think that's useful, but I'd rather get it in, in green tea and in matcha. Um, even right. omega-3s, I think my preference is to get them from fish rather than from supplements. Turmeric. Maybe that's one better taken as a supplement if you want a significant dose of it. Um, I mean, those in lion's mane, I think there's some good evidence for that, and I would take that in supplemental form. Okay, and then lastly, appreciating your time, you know, so many folks have questions about what they should or shouldn't supplement with, but you've got a wonderful, and have had for some time, a wonderful online uh, um, um, I guess a formulation mm-hmm. chooser or selector called the Wild Vitamin Advisor. Um, what, what could folks know about that to empower them to sort of select what they should or shouldn't be taking? Well, it's a you know, it's asked you lots of questions to help uh, design an individual program for you. I'd also direct people to my books. For instance, uh, Healthy Aging has a, you know a chapter on supplements with some you know good simple recommendations there. Okay, perfect. Um, last question, and then I'll let you go. Yep. 
if, if there was a brain healthy exercise, and it could be anything, physical, mental, um, emotional, whatever, whatever, if there was one exercise that you wished you had put into place long before you had discovered it, what would that have been? <laughs> I guess learning another language. I mean, I did study German in, in high school, but that was a painful process. And uh, it wasn't until much later that I learned Spanish fairly easily just by living in Spanish-speaking countries. But I think learning another language, especially young in life, is very useful. And attempting to learn another language, I think, is a great brain exercise. And we can do that at any age? Yep. And you don't have to master it. It's just the act of you know, trying to learn it. Right. Beautiful. All right. Well, I appreciate right, it very one much. Other thing. Let me tell you one, yeah. other, one other thing. I, I was a few years ago in the Republic of Palau, uh, it's you know a group of islands in the far western Pacific. Yeah. Um, there's an almost non Alzheimer's is almost non-existent there, and nobody has studied that, and nobody has any idea why that is. What are your thoughts? What are you? What are your? What are your spidey senses? I don't know. Thoughts? They've had they their health has deteriorated dramatically in a relatively short space of time. Um, you know, Americans after World War II introduced all our worst foods there, and there's their epidemic obesity, hypertension, type two diabetes, and you know their general health has really suffered. But interestingly, there's you know almost no Alzheimer's disease, and people live long. Uh, they chew betel nut, and one you know one person suggested there might be something in the the way that they chew it that may be protective. I don't know about that. But I, someone should study that. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned Scandinavian countries uh, and the incidence of, well, they eat a lot of fish. But they also mm-hmm. sauna. I mean, that's we know that increases right. brain-derived neurotrophic yep. factor. Does, yep. does this population do things that heat the brain, or, or does it seem like maybe they're engaged in any sort of activity that boosts BDNF other than chewing betel nut juice? They, they live in a hot climate. I know other than that, well, I don't it. know. Interesting. Well, again, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I can't wait for the uh, conference, um, and, uh, and thank you so much for this interview. It'll uh, it'll be featured in the book in Chapter Ten. Again, I'll, I'll send the I'll send the whole thing along. Um, we're calling uh, Chapter Ten uh, "What's on Your Mind." So uh, that'll be uh, a feature on uh, my interview with Dr. Andrew Weil. And as you know, I've been following your work lifelong. My mother brought me up on you know the contents uh-huh. of your book. <laughs> I was very lucky to. Have, uh, <laughs> Great. Been on the receiving end of well, that. I look forward to seeing you in San Francisco. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate it. Have a great okay. day. Okay. Bye bye. Right. Cheers.